So, okay, so you're actually trying to book the appointment right there on the spot, like as they're filling out the form. And then after after the fact, so what would, what would you say you're in general, like you're, if you don't have, have that booked, what would you say your follow-up strategy is for those open house prospects? Do you call like as soon as the open house is done or like how would you like uh, keep that, that, that those leads warm like as soon as the open house ends or whatever? So what I try to do is I try to bring people value, which takes more work, but then they appreciate it. Is if I've gauged that they're a pretty serious buyer, if that open house is dead, I will start calling places for rent that are around the area and ask them if they have it. And normally I'll get somebody that says, Hey, I do want to come in. You know what I mean? It's like, I'll get somebody that says, yeah, you want to what? If I had the right price, I'd sell this place. Then I'd call them back and be like, Hey, since the open house, or even if it's the next day, I try to bring some kind of value is, Hey, I know you were in these three areas. I actually started calling uh, people that had places for rent and I found this place. And then even if you didn't, and you're saying, Hey, you want to know what, what I want to do is I'd love to meet you. Cause I want to find you off market properties. I want to tell you how I do it. I actually call these landlords. I have all these listings. So I'm wondering, can I meet you? And I, can I show you how I do it? And then that's your value at the next time you talk to them. So then you're trying to set a meeting to be like, holy shit, this guy doesn't rely on MLS. He's going to call and do all this stuff for me. But then like, again, whenever we launch like, and have all my marketing in there, like my buyer's guide is going to be in there. My seller's guide, my uh, platinum buyer program, all the stuff is going to be in the agent mafia marketing tools. You guys can download that. I will be kind of doing um, presentations on when this stuff comes. So you're like, what do I use? We're going to have most of it for you. Um, so next week on Thursday, I'm doing another of the, um, the first time home buyer, or we kind of adjusted a little bit to home buyer webinars. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm wondering with what advice you might have to get people that are actually attending to actually sign up for a free consultation. Um, sometimes we struggle with that. So sure. I'm wondering what tricks you might have for that one. Yeah. I think that the big thing is, do you do it, uh, by yourself, Jeff, or do you do it with a lender? With a lender. Okay. So the way that my strategy is with my lender when I do these uh, these webinars is I really make sure to edify my lender, uh, you know, as we're going. And we're, we talk for about 45 minutes. How engaged are you, Jeff, with your audience when you're doing it? Like during the 40, let's say you're doing a 45-minute presentation. How engaged are you with the audience asking them questions and getting them involved? We try to do that, but sometimes it's pulling teeth uh, to get them you to stop. I just stop. What's I that? just I stop. I just stop. And I'm like, hey guys, I'm not going on until. But again, this is me, right? So, but I'd ask them. It's like questions on like, all right, uh, how many homes do you think the average realtor sells nationally? Or like, you get them engaged. Like really great questions. So I try to ask five to seven different questions because then they start engaging the process. And when you create engagement, you start creating the rapport, if that makes sense, right? Like here, for example, if Sean comes on this call and Sean sits there and every time he doesn't say anything, he'll probably start losing interest in this call because he's not engaging in it, right? So that's why I want everybody's camera to be on and I want you guys to engage so that you feel engagement. It's no different than your audience when you're doing these webinars is you want to ask them questions or what do you think, the this is an awesome one. What do you think the average house price is right now in whatever city you're in, Jeff? I think you're in mini, right? Yes. Yeah. So I just say, what do you think the average price is here? So then they will hear all these answers, right? People want to talk or it's like, all right. And how many people or how many homes do you think were sold? 
like it, it, in your presentation before you maybe even do the next slide, ask the questions like, how much do you think the market's corrected in the last six months? And if the answer is 11%, then all these people are going to guess. By doing that engagement is when you're going to build rapport for them to want to book with you at the end. Okay. Thank you. But then after, yeah, no problem. A little bit more though. Then after at the end though, also is do you do a Q and a, we, we do. So we, we insert okay. one in the middle and then we do one at the end and, you know, sometimes they're really good. And other times, again, it's pulling teeth. So what I do is I would ask them a question again to re-engage. And it's funny how every it's, it's really weird when you do these homebuyer seminars, some are great. And some of the engagements off, like you can have a hundred people and have no engagement and 20 people and everybody's engaging. I, I still, that I'll never figure out. So I don't know the answer to that one, but I always ask them in Q and a, it's like asking them what questions they have building rapport. But then at the end, as I'm booking, it's like, guys, I've been in the real estate industry for 13 years. I've used Josh my whole career. He gets stuff done. You're going to want to book a call with them. It's absolutely free. So during the Q and a part, uh, whenever we, Josh and I do mine, 50% of our people come in as soon as we have the call to action. The other 50% of people come in during our Q&A and building rapport. But I edify Josh and Josh edifies me. And we talk about how great it is to work as a team. But then to become successful, Jeff, if you're not doing this, is all the people that, um, all the people that come in, and basically the next day, don't book a call with you, but showed up. I always yourself or somebody from your team should be calling them the next day to say, Hey, what did you think of the first time mobile webinar? Oh, I thought it was great. I noticed you didn't book a call. Are you looking to buy in the next three, six months? Then you start diving into it to be like, you want to know what? I don't have a down payment, but then you can be like, great. You know, will your parents lend, lend you the down payment or you know what? I'm in another year lease is some stuff that you hear. And this is great for anybody that's going to have buyers down the road that get these objections is, Oh, well, I'm in, I'm in a lease right now. Okay. I can appreciate that you're in a lease. How much is your, how much is your damage deposit? If you break it, well, it's 1500 bucks. But then I show them how, if they own a home over the next six months, they're going to be making more money than that $1,500. Cause some people are so fixated on the $1,500. Even if they have the down payment, they can't see past it unless you literally map it out for them. So I always want to make sure that I'm asking the people that showed up because there's nuggets in there. The people that showed up and didn't book, there's a ton of sales in those people, arguably just about as many as much. So when you're going through it, ask questions, edify each other immensely during the Q and a keep doing it. But I also make the call to action very simple. How do people, how do people do the call to action with you, Jeff? Like how do they book with you? Is it a link? Yeah, it's a link. Yeah. I so put the link it goes right to one of the, to the landing pages that shows the, uh, the, uh, Calendly? calendar. Okay, yeah. perfect. So I put yeah. the link in there probably 20 times at least during a presentation. We do do that. So I, I, okay, good. I just keep hammering it and hammering it, but it's edifying Josh and Josh edifying me when we really notice it. Cause people are like, Oh, these guys like each other. They trust each other. Um, and you build rapport. So it's engagement with your audience, building rapport. And then your follow-up is key. Make sure that the very next day you follow up and say, hey, you know, it's Jeff. Thanks for coming on my first time homebuyer webinar yesterday. I was hoping that you could give me some feedback. And I was wondering, I noticed you didn't book a call. Are you looking to buy in the next three to six months? Then you find out why they're not. Some people will say though, Jeff, some people say when you call them, you know what? I, I actually have a mortgage broker, but I didn't want to book with them. But you know, I would, I wanted to use you as a realtor. You just hear different people and objections where they have. But some people say, Jeff, you wonder what you did a great job, but my uncle's, uh, my uncle is a realtor. 
but I really wanted to talk to Mike, your lender, but they just won't book it because they assume you're a package. So the follow-up is, is really key for that. Okay. Um, uh, related to that, when you are doing yours, um, are you actually allowing them to speak or only ask the questions? Only ask the questions. Yeah. Via text. Or I mean, yeah, let them correct. answer the questions via text or ask. Correct. Yeah, it's all in the chat. Yeah. Otherwise, it's a complete dumpster fire. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so somebody asked too, Ryan asked, how do you market your buyer, home buyer webinars? Ryan, to be honest, I have a company um, that I started a while ago, two years ago, and it's a course and it's a play-by-play. -play. They walk you through everything. Um, whenever I was doing them live, I used to get 10 to 20 people or sorry, whenever I used to do them on Zoom. Okay, first, actually, I started doing them live events. They were a big pain in my ass. I'd have to drive everywhere. Jeff can appreciate all of a sudden you get a dump of snow and then people aren't going to show up. So we went to Zoom now. And um, when I first started, I was getting about 10 or 15 people. Then I started getting this company and, and I've had upwards of 100 people on this call. They have a whole tech system and everything's in it. So to be honest, I market my home buyer webinar through this company and they set everything up for me. Amira, um, go ahead. I just wanted to know how I can build the crew with the lender, with the measuring company. I just feel like all these lenders have already partnered with other realtors. And I feel like I'll just be one extra person giving them client, but I'll never get client from them. So that's a pretty true statement, Mira. I've been around for 13 years, sold a lot of homes. I, Josh is the only lender that I've found are the hundreds that I've talked to that actually give me business. The truth about most mortgage brokers, it's, it's a strictly take business. That's the truth. Not all of them for the record, but mostly. So in Alberta, you're in Calgary, right? Yeah. So in Alberta, you can actually offer a mortgage broker legally a 25% referral. So you can actually say, Hey, look, and as long as it's brokerage to brokerage, it's all above board. You can actually call a broker and just say, hey, look, I mean, you're a real estate agent uh, and a lot of brokers don't know you can do it, but it's legal. So that's what I did is I called a bunch of brokers and I offered them 25% commission because the, the thing is they make about 1% commission. So on a $400,000 house, they make four grand. We make eight grand or so. If I give them 25% commission, they get another two grand. I bought people's love for a long time, to be honest, whenever I was new, because I would give, they get more money. It's like, well, and, and a lot of times some mortgage brokers don't get a lot of deals from their realtors. So you really gotta, you gotta be careful. Not, careful is not the right word. You might waste a lot of your time. I went down the rabbit hole and I literally, when I was in Kelowna 10 years ago, I sat down and I called for three days mortgage brokers and I set up meetings with them and offered them 25 points. I don't even think very many people ended up sending me very many. It's really hard to find a mortgage broker that's gonna give you a lot of business the truth is you want to find a mortgage broker that's just going to get your deals done. Because if you're only looking for one that's going to do, that's going to reciprocate, it's going to be tough. It is. It's going to be really, really challenging until you do crazy amounts of volume and they want your volume. But if you're brand new, it's about finding somebody that, that gets the deal done or you find different ways of maybe finding a, 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 a mortgage broker that wants to grow their business. And maybe you say, Hey, look, I have a $200 budget, you have a $200 budget, let's start getting some buyer leads and splitting it together and you build a relationship that way. It might be something that you wanna consider as well. Because you're in Calgary, if you're looking for a measuring company, if you're looking for anything, just call me. I obviously have some of the best people in the industry. 
Um, as far as photography goes, I have the best. It's my wife, so I better say that. Um, she's That's how we met, is she actually does real estate photography. So if you want somebody, um, all kidding aside, if you want somebody that's fantastic, she's wonderful. She has a measurement company. Uh, if you need video ever, we can take care of you. So because you're in the city that I'm in, just reach out to me. Um, I'm back tomorrow, but fire me a text. I think you've texted me before. Fire me a text or give me a shout. Let me know what you need, and I'll give you a list of people, lawyers, and everything that, have, that I've used for over a decade that way that you can at least know that they're getting the job done then as you grow your business if you want to expand and find different people um, that's great the last thing you want to do when you get a, a lead or a deal mirror is you want to come in and if you don't have somebody that that's going to get the deal done if you don't have a good lawyer if you don't all these people you could lose the deal right now every deal to you i'm, I'm assuming is, is obviously very very important so now it's more important to find a really good team than as you grow go find somebody to get you more business if that makes sense yeah, I do have a few people contacting me, but I don't have experience with them. And I feel like, oh, I don't have my experience with them. And I don't know how good they are on the deals. Yeah. And that's something, like I said, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, because it's more specific to you, we can take this offline. And then uh, you actually, I, I land tomorrow back from Toronto, I think at about 11. Fire me a call after that. I'll give you a list and just let me know what you need and I'll help you. So give me a call tomorrow. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course, you're welcome. Yeah, guys, feel free to, to ask me anything. This is one of my favorite, um, this is probably my favorite thing that I get to do, and I'm excited I get to come here every week. So um, feel free to ask me anything about any real estate, how to grow a business. Hey there, um, I'm new to this area I'm in right now, and I was thinking of doing, well, I did the Facebook Marketplace um, as the other classes, you know, so I did that. I got like two people, you know, that responded to that. And then I did, um, I would like right now for Christmas, I would like to go send something for the neighborhood I'm particularly in um, to send them like a postcard, like a Christmas kind of thing. Does that sound right? Or should I just be doing more social media? I don't know. I mean, I did get on Great their um, neighborhood Facebook page. But, you know, there's a where you, where are you located right now? Um, I'm in Sugarland. I'm in Texas. Texas. Love Texas. Um, I, I think the truth is, Nancy Lees, I, if you're not going to do, if you're not going to do postcards over and over and over again, it's a waste of money. Because what most agents do is they'll do a postcard once, expect a result, and the odd one might work. Now, the truth is, is that like, literally it normally doesn't so you might have one realtor it's like oh i sent out a thousand postcards and i got a deal okay great that's a unicorn that's not the average right so if you're going to send them out you have to do it over and over and over again every month otherwise you're not building rapport the truth is and i'd ask yourself if somebody sent you a postcard for for uh let's put it this way if somebody sent you a postcard just one postcard and they were financial advisor. What are the odds of you calling them with to 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 invest your money with this person by sending one postcard? I wouldn't. No. I wouldn't call that. Right, and that's the way that's the way it works for most realtors. But if you saw their postcard all the time for twelve months and you saw stories that say, "Hey, I got this person an eight percent return last month." Hey, I did this. You're gonna be like, "Okay, I want to start calling this person because you see." stories of them like if they were smart if they wanted to do it this way and they're like they were showing case studies of people that they've helped you would start building rapport with them but that would take time so if you're just going to send one christmas card and they don't know who you are 
it's not a bad idea, but you have to be committed to doing it every month to build that rapport. Otherwise, in most cases, you're lighting your money on fire. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. How comfortable are you on the phone? Um, I have been making calls to FISBOs. I have been trying, you know, to make connections, see if they're willing to take them. Of course, you know, I get a lot of, no, I'm not interested, but um, I am getting a little bit more comfortable trying to, you know, put my foot in the door right before they hang up kind of thing. So are you, I'm, I'm getting Are you in a new area right now? Have you moved? Because you said now that I'm here, like, are you in a new area of, of Town, have you uh, this is, yeah, they're building the city up a little bit more. I do see a lot of new construction coming up all around us. Yeah. Okay. So there's a couple things I do. Um, one of the ones that I would do, the biggest thing that I do, and I preach this all the time, is I literally call landlords. Like it's one of my favorite things to do. So when I call landlords, I'm calling them and saying I'm the expert in the area. And what I've committed to my buyers is I've committed to call around and try to find them off market properties. Okay. So then I, and then they'll talk to you. Every landlord will talk to you. So then when I ask them, it's like, Hey, out of curiosity, would you ever sell this home? And then if they say no, you ask them, do you have another home that you would sell? Because a lot of investors have other homes. And what made me realize this one time is I was calling, I was doing this using this script and I called somebody. He's like, well, I wouldn't sell this one, but I'd sell this other one. I'm like, holy shit. I should have been asking this whole time if people have another one to sell. But then you take it. The, then you take it the, to the next step, and you ask, "Hey, and let's say they say no back to back." You're like, "Well, the market's changing. Have you ever thought of investing in another home?" And some people say, "Yeah, you want to know what? I I would get another rental property. Maybe they own that one for 20 years, and they have a ton of equity. You never know people's situation." But then if they say no to that again, you ask them if they have if they know of another investor that are looking to buy or sell homes. So imagine now. You have a decent lead because some landlords are sick and tired of tenants. You know what I mean? Like they'll just be like, you want to know what? I'm, I'm done. And, and all it takes is you to call them and do it. So you're calling them saying you're the expert in the area and that you made a commitment to your buyer. So think about this though. If you're that, if you're that, if you're that, um, the person that has a place for rent, you're so motivated for your buyers that you're calling places for rent. And a lot of people say, wow, I'm actually really impressed that you're calling me because you're saying, I made a commitment to my buyers to try to find them the perfect home, even if it's off market. So instantly you're in like a true investor understands like, holy, this person's hustling. You want to what? No, I wouldn't sell. Do you have any others you want to sell? No, I don't. Are you looking to buy another investment property? No, I'm not. Are you looking, you know, do you know somebody else that's looking to buy or sell? Now we did that for one and one guy had 60 homes he wanted to sell. You never know. And he was winding down. So sometimes you'll hit the jackpot. So, if I were to move to a brand new city, that is the very first thing I would do. And the great thing is, is that every day there's new places for rent that are posted. Now, disclaimer, if they're posted with a realtor, because in some states and, and provinces they do that, don't obviously do that, but find rental sites, whether it's, you know, uh, just find rental sites, just find places that they have rental sites there. That's, that's one of the things I do, it's free. And if you did that for an hour a day, you'd probably get one to two listings every single month if you were diligent with it. Okay, great. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Lots yeah, of welcome. good information. Thank you. Thank you. No problem. I appreciate you being here. Um, so Mira asks, where do you find lists of phone calls to the community serve? Doesn't exist in Canada. That's a United States thing. We have privacy laws where we can't get lists of phone numbers. So 
Great question. I can ask that lots, but it, it is a U.S. thing. Uh, would you hi, prefer to right. do open? Sorry, would you prefer to do open house for up uh, for uh, new houses or the houses that uh, uh, have been in? I I just feel Doesn't like matter. yeah. I want to see like my I just want to. I just want to find a house that's going to get the most traffic. So if it's like a like. I'd rather sit at home that's like $500,000 in Calgary where I, and that's just listed where I know there's going to be a lot of traffic. It doesn't matter if it's new, old, anything. I boil it down to price point and where more people are going to come through. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Hi, Brad. Go ahead, John. I have a question for you. So I don't doing that bad right now. Like I have 10 listings, uh, residential, three commercial. I'm all over the map with everything and my, uh, Broker is good. It's helping me a lot. Uh, but what I find out about myself, it's I'm not organized. Like before you got really busy, like in the first two years, before you got an assistant or something, how you stay organized? Like you have a, a time uh, break, like when you do lead generation, when you do follow up, when you do I don't want it to hire an assistant because I don't make that much money, even if I have that many listings. But I just well, there's two different it. things. There's two different ways to look at it. Whenever I came in and I took my real estate to the next level, I had an assistant. Um, I didn't have any money at the time. I just, it was after my first year, I hired my assistant. My very first paycheck, I didn't have any money. I had to sell stocks, but I had enough faith in myself. I just went and did it because she bought me back 40 hours. I knew that if I was paying her four or five grand a month, I 100% could sell two more, like, you know, let's say you make eight grand. You have to sell one more home every two months for the amount of work that they take off your plate. It's you're investing in yourself is the truth. You can't afford not to. So if you're not quite there yet, you have to be extremely discipline, disciplined and scheduled because if you're all over the map, like if you have a personality type like mine, I'm fucking squirrel brain. I'm running around everywhere. I need to be like extremely scheduled in my schedule. If you guys have seen some of my coaching in the back in, in the previous times about my schedule is let's say from seven in the morning till sometimes midnight, I have every hour, everything in there. Even if it's book showings for next week, like, it, or for like book showings for Wednesday, it doesn't matter. I am that scheduled where you come in. So if you want to come in and you're like, Hey, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 3 PM, I'm going to be prospecting. You want to seriously sit there then and have that in your schedule that you're going to be prospecting. The number one thing is, and I'll, I'll, and I'll invite anybody to show me their schedule. Show me your schedule on your phone and I will tell you how successful you are. And that's the truth, right? Is that if you don't have a great schedule and you're not putting things in to fill your schedule, a lot of times nothing gets done. You just sit there and you're like, you feel busy, but you're not busy. So you really want to make sure that you have a really tight schedule. And especially if you're the kind of person that's not organized, you want to be like every Monday morning from eight till 10, I'm going in and I'm doing a follow-up from the weekend. I'm calling my open houses that I did my leads. I'm inputting the data. I'm listing a home, whatever you do, you have to be extremely scheduled um, in this industry or you just won't become uber successful in my opinion. It's too hard. It's too hard of an industry to not be, to not be, to have great time management. It's just too hard if you want to scale. Jeff, go ahead. Do you have a question? I do. Um, I've got a builder that has shown a mild interest in changing the the realtor team that he's been working with uh, to list uh, their homes. 
Um, and one of the things they're wondering is what value add can we bring to them? And I'm just wondering if you've found anything that, that uh, builders are eating up that I should think about. So my mission for you for next week, Jeff, is to find out their pain points first, because it doesn't matter what your value is if they don't think it's value. So I would dive in and if they're thinking, making change, like, great, where do you feel your real estate agent maybe isn't helping you out? Or where do you need help with? Do you need help in digital marketing? Do you need help with video? Find all their pain points. That's going to be your mission for this week. And then next week, if you can make the call or find me a text, then let's come up with a plan because your value may not be value to them. You could say, I want to, oh, I can do this for you and I can do that. You might just, they might blankly stare at you and be like, I really don't give a shit about any of that stuff. You don't know what they need. So remember in any client, in any situation, you want to figure out their pain points. Because if you don't figure out their pain points, you could sit there. And, and, and what made me realize this early in my career, I had a lady, elderly lady, I was sitting down getting me a listing. She loved me. I thought it was a slam dunk that I was getting this listing. She chose somebody else. Do you know why she chose somebody else? Because I didn't mention I would do an open house. That's it. That's all it would have taken but I didn't ask her what she wanted from me. I didn't know. So I was going on and telling her all these wonderful things I was doing and how this was great. She didn't give a shit about any of that stuff. This, el this elderly lady figured that an open house would sell her house, which is fine. I would have done them if I would have just said that. But somebody came in after me the next day, told her they would do open houses and that was it. And she already signed the contract. And I said, I would have done open houses for you. She's like, Oh, well, well you were, you, you didn't, who knows? She just assumed I wouldn't because I didn't say it was part of my thing. So anyways, the moral of the story is you have to figure out people's pain points in order for you to provide value. And that's the biggest thing. 